Welcome to Week Points, the podcast where we discuss what we've watched, listened to, read and done over the past week. I'm one of your hosts, Rich, and with me as ever is Nick. Nick, how's your week been? Um, I'm not going to sing the song to the, uh, the the music, the overture to the the uh, dogs, the clockwork dog Aww. thing, uh, which you've now heard, I'm yes, pleased to I have. say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, it's what very calming, it? isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, good. It's great. It's really yeah. soothing. Per- yeah. Perfect. Perfect. No, I, it's got lyrics. Has it got lyrics? There are words. There's something going on there, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Is there some words? I, I've I, the the amount of times I've tried to decipher. Um, it, it, it's it's something like um, nettles, nettles. Where are you? In the nettles, nettles. Where are you? In the breast of in the breast of somebody or other. I don't know. Obviously, it's not Fuck that. Hell. And I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> Maybe it's some kind of medieval incantation. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, new new listeners, please just refer to the previous two pods. I'll, um, what I'll do what I'll do at this point is I will, I'll chop in a little bit of the sound sample that you sent me. Okay, perfect. In that case... There you go. So anybody who can work out what uh, what they're singing, please don't yeah. keep it to yourself. Tell no. me. Because uh, Ivy's had that toy for ooh, four years. Most of the time it stays on the top of the cupboard, doesn't come down. But Ivy's best mate, Alex, has got a sister who's only three. And whenever they come over, and now lockdown is being eased, they've been round, they've been in the garden. Yeah. And it's come out. Can I? Can I see the dogs? Can I see the dogs? Ah, nah, 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 yeah. And off it goes. Nettles, nettles. Where are you? It's like uh, something <laughs> from a horror film, isn't it? Where the, it plays it, and then once the kid manages to say the this weird incantation like four times, yeah. then some kind of Cujo figure appears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either that or a door he's never seen before suddenly appears. <laughs> yeah, you're not my back. nanny. At the back of the cupboard under the stairs. Yeah. Where does where does this go? Where does this go? To the back of your real father's mind. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's an odd, yeah, it's an odd tune. Odd tune. It is. It's it's very strange. It's it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. It isn't soothing at all. It's like um, um a, like a preschool <laughs> midsummer song isn't it <laughs> yes absolutely it's all uh, theatre and uh, yes when the children reach ten <laughs> we'll put them oh. all in the bell onesie and oh. woof up in flame <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell anyone who's seen Midsommar uh, which uh, was it last year or was it the year before it came out last year wasn't it it was like middle of last, was it year. last year yeah it was last year was it? Holy yeah. shit, what a brilliant film. What oh, utterly, I loved that film. Utterly terrifying, yeah. horrible, unsettling, upsetting film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, It's yeah. a great film, though, that. It's really, really good. No, it is. It's it's fab. But, but I think it was my favourite film of last year. Fees was Joker, but mine was that. Mine was... Uh... Yeah, I enjoyed, I definitely enjoyed watching Midsummer more than Joker. I did like Joker, though. 
Joker's yeah. I think is a Joker's a great film, but for different reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but Midsummer bears a rewatch. Yes, it does. It's great. bears a rewatch. Oh, oh. oh. I didn't see <clears> that sorry one. for people who haven't watched it. Yeah, I'll yeah. shut up about that now. <laughs> um, we'll be talking more about films later, won't we? But not uh, not not just yet. We want to get onto some TV. Oh, but first, first, let me just let me just get this out of my system. Yeah. So, carrying on from our conversation last week about uh, Donald Trump uh, writing about Antifa and yeah. uh, somehow <laughs> making the anti-fascist movement more of an evil than the fascist movement yeah. uh, that he appears to be supporting. I see that uh, Donald Trump has said that he won't watch either American football or American uh, US soccer if uh, players continue to show solidarity for... Uh, black people in America and racism yeah. Yeah. Uh, or anti-racism by taking a knee. Yeah. He's, got a, he's got a real problem with people taking a knee. And yeah. it made me think that maybe he should be forced to watch Crown Green Bowls. So do you actually, now you talked about it, do you think that David Bryant was one of the early Black Lives Matters Yes, um, representative. He was. He was an architect. He was an early architect oh, of Black Lives Matter. David Bryant was one of the. You know, from behind his, from behind his smoking pipe. Yeah, was a radicalized mind. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, and I would love to see Donald Trump saying, oh, "I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't know." But look at those people <laughs> sympathizing with those radical. Look at, look at. Oh, well, he's standing up again. Okay, that's okay. What's this guy gonna do? <laughs> oh my, he's nearly taking a knee. He's up again. I mean, even but even the um, <laughs> so I, can't, I can't get the image of um, David Bryant being a kind of um, Malcolm X figure over it here. Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But he wouldn't, he, I, I think he used a different letter from the alphabet because X is too controversial. I think he was Malcolm J. Yeah, yeah. yeah. David B. One of yeah, one of the least one of the least controversial letters. <clears throat> Calling him David B though makes him sound like um, he was some kind of garage. Yeah, it's star, early nineties. It? Yeah, early nineties kind of. <laughs> he did a remix of Craig David at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and he, he was in brackets with F E A T dot feet feet David B <laughs> feet David B <laughs> take a knee with David B. Um, so, so, yeah, sorry about that. Um, he, but even the even the heads of um, like the NF like the NFL, obviously that was the one that had the biggest controversy when it was originally when it was Colin Kaepernick who Colin Kaepernick, kind of yeah, yeah. started it all off and became the figurehead of that. But well, even we they started it off, but he, he copied David B. He, obviously, he did. He did copy David B. Yeah. But even like. Quite recently, the NFL have put out a statement saying, um, you know, they now realise what it was uh, with with the benefit of hindsight and they got it wrong and um, they acknowledged yeah. the reasons why they were doing it and yeah. um, and all that. Kind. So even the organisation that they're part of recognises that it, it wasn't about dishonouring the American flag or the armed forces, yeah, that it was just about equality. So yeah. why can't why can't he? Well, we know why he can't because he's a fucking racist. Yes, absolutely, he's a racist piece of shit. He fucking yeah, is. That is exactly why, and he should be made to watch 
yeah, crown green bowls played yeah. by people of all creeds and colours, all religions, all yeah. persuasions, all of them sometimes taking a knee and sometimes not. Yeah. All of them taking it in turns to sporadically take a knee. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what a cunt he is. He is a fucking dreadful, dreadful piece of shit. The other thing, sorry, the other thing in the news <laughs> that I wanted <laughs> to talk about was Marcus Rashford. I don't know this. What is this? Oh, my God. He's, so, he's, I think yesterday uh, or the day before, he sent uh, a tweet or a letter. Was he sent a letter, maybe? But he published the contents. I don't use Twitter. I don't tweet, as you know. I'm not... I'm no, not, uh, not. Social. I'm a bit of a social media hermit, but um, he um, he sent a letter to Boris Johnson saying, "Please don't stop the free school meals during the summer while this outbreak's happening. It is the only meal some of these kids yeah. are going to get. You could mm. fill Wembley Stadium twice over with the people uh, who were struggling for nutrition. Yeah. And if I'd have been that age, I'd have been one of them. I yeah. was one of those kids. I did get free school meals." Those kids need the opportunity to, you know, I, I mean, I'm lucky uh, because I now do the thing that I love and I do it for my job. Um, if I'd have been in this situation, I, there, might, there might not have been Marcus Rashford, the football player. It might not have worked out that way. Yeah. Um, he's had a letter back saying, no, we're not going to change our mind. But he's had so much positive feedback from social media that he's continuing. He said, look, the fight isn't over. We're going to try and keep these, you know, and, and uh, the co-op, who have a, a number of schools, don't they? they, they, they there's yeah. a co-op academy. Have said we support Marcus Rashford. We're continuing our uh, support and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the government aren't going to make it policy because yet again they're fucking bunch of racists. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it was it was astonishing to me because you. I mean, God, uh, Raheem Sterling has been very outspoken about, and, and very knowledgeable as well, uh, about the way black footballers are portrayed in the print media as opposed to white footballers, uh, and, you know, and, and about racism and all that kind of stuff. And he's kind of become a spokesperson, but quietly and behind the scenes, they must all feel this way. And, and Marcus Rashford was so eloquent and so smart, and yeah. we, we, I associate uh, uh, English footballers, and this is a terribly pejorative thing to say, with... Um, physically talented, but uh, perhaps intellectually not so talented people. And yeah. that's a very unfair thing to say. I, I appreciate that. But, you know, when somebody of, of Rashford's age, you know, writes this and sends it, I just think, I thought, well, fucking brilliant. Good. Yeah. Good. It's um, And it's difficult as well. Du- well, doubly difficult, I think, in their situation. A bit like um, when Raheem Sterling had to talk out about um, the racism that he'd suffered, and again about the portrayal yeah. of black players as opposed mm. to white players in the media. It's easy, a lot easier for them in their position to just not say anything and just get on with it and pocket the money and shut up and of let course. somebody else deal with that problem. Because yeah. <clears throat> you know, as soon as they must know, as soon as they say anything, that they're going to be a target for all the oh, of course. racists no, and the bigots and, yeah, 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 and it's yeah, yeah. and all that kind of shit. So, yeah, I mean, all power to them. I mean, yeah, yeah, great that they are speaking out about it. But I mean, obviously, the Tories aren't going to change their minds on giving feeding fucking kid underprivileged kids, are they? No, God. No. I mean, they've based the whole party on it. <laughs> this is true. Yes, yes. I mean, Fucking I'm I'm guessing that Reese Mogg thinks that it's all like Oliver and they're all still being fed at some massive long wooden tables. <laughs> I would imagine so, yeah. 
and then and in like some kind of process like Dr. Seuss's book The Sneetchers they go from the feed the scraps table up a yeah. chimney back out the chimney through the fucking <laughs> workhouse and back to the table yeah yeah and then into a grave somewhere yes and then, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah into a mill underneath the machine out of the mill down a pit Back to the table. <laughs> Fucking hell, did you know? This is a, just, just, you know, I think we've talked about this before, just you and I personally, as opposed to on the podcast. But did you know that in the 1820s in the northwest, in the area around Manchester, the average, in the, in the working class areas, the poorer areas, the mill towns, the average life expectancy was fucking 19. 19. 19. So you'd be fucking middle aged at 10. Was that the um, was that the reason what they why they sang that song then nineteen no 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 nineteen was that That's what it right. was about yeah yeah none of them received a hero's welcome back from the mill absolutely <laughs> yeah and Purple Heart was just literally about their fucking pulmonary conditions it, it was it was fuck all to do with the medals in American for getting a wound no, yeah it was uh, yeah absolutely. well no because they started smoking at three didn't they. Well, uh, listen, if you weren't married by seven, you're on the fucking shelf. <laughs> look at that nine-year-old spinster over there. Absolutely. Oh, look, a teenage mother. She's fucking waited a while, hasn't she? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> She'll be dead before he's at school. <laughs> Absolutely. That's terrible. Oh, God. Yeah. <sighs> Now things have changed when you've got professional footballers pleading for the government to feed starving children. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway. To to cheer yourself up and get over that, um, you've been on Amazon. Yes, yes, indeed, I have. I've been on Amazon. Uh, And um, I Amazon exclusive, is it? Yes, it is an Amazon exclusive. It's a, a TV series... Um, I'm going to say it's, it's not a remake, but it's a redo of the first uh, Alex Ryder book. Um, it's an adaptation of. Um, so they they made a film, didn't they? Was it Stormbreaker? Stormbreaker? Oh yes, yeah, Storm- yeah, yeah. Uh, something like that. And mm. I know you and McGregor was in it, and Mickey Rourke, or uh, yeah. that weird plastic doll that looks a bit like Mickey Rourke. This oh, like fucking- poor Mickey Rourke. Yeah, I know what a handsome man he was. What's it's he- funny because I was watching. Um, I watched Man on Fire this week, um, and he's in that. He plays the dodgy lawyer in it, and it was before all of the plastic surgery. Right. Okay. I mean, he just looks like a completely, obviously, a completely different person. Yeah. Man, he was a good-looking dude. He was a very good-looking man, you know, in his in his in his youth. Uh, and then decided uh, acting wasn't for him, and, and uh, I'll be a boxer. And can you imagine yeah. all the fucking boxers in the in the, the lower circles of boxing wanted to line up and punch a Hollywood actor? Yeah, yeah. Look at this guy thinking he's good enough to have a fight with us. Let's rearrange his fight. And then he took some very bad advice, apparently. And, and when it comes to uh, you know facial reconstruction, uh, and fucking now he hell. looks like you know he looks like a cross between. Um, some, some kind of weird plastic mask from a science fiction film from the from the seventies, and a really sinister sex doll. <laughs> he does, yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like he needs a little bit more inflating. Unfortunately, it's a, yeah, he looks. A, I tell you what, a bit like 
the the false head on Zaphod Beeblebrocks from the BBC version. <laughs> she of, does, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I can imagine if, like, on a Sunday afternoon when he's sat in his chair at home and he's just on his lunch and he's nodding <laughs> off and his head lolls to one side, I bet you it looks exactly like the BBC Zaphod Beeblebrocks. <laughs> yeah, mm. I bet he does. I bet he does. Bless I mean, p- poor Mickey Rourke. Uh, yeah. It's very very deluded. Um, never mind, bless him. Um, what did you now? Now did you like just going back onto one of his other films? Did you like Angel Heart? I did. I did yeah. like Angel Heart. I thought it was a great movie. I yes. thought that he had a string of really really good films. Diner, did. Uh, which wasn't yeah. his film, but he was in it and he was very good in Diner. Yeah. Uh, and he was great in uh, Angel Heart and uh, the. Pope of Greenwich Village is that one he's, he's in that I think uh, he did Nine and a Half Weeks which I've never seen um, shite is it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. not my kind of um, you know I've never never been that bothered about Kim Basinger and I, you know, when you watch it you know, when you're a kid it came out when you're a teenager and uh, I'm sure there were like um, older people or students of uh, a film going oh yeah well the, the, the lighting and and the shooting no no <laughs> lads of my age when that film came out we're only getting it out to just wank yeah it was it was just yeah and I think that's when you go into something like that um and and loads of people especially like well when I suppose when when it came out and it was all like, um, you know, like mums and dads and things like that saying, oh, this is a sexy film. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> shut up. I don't want you to say that. I don't want I don't want to go into this film thinking that people older than me are thinking that this is a sexy <laughs> film. It's fucking grossing me out. What you want, you want to do is you want to stumble across a film like that. Don't yeah, of you? course. You want to have accidentally taped it off Channel 4. You don't want to yeah. be going to a fucking cinema where somebody's going, why are you going to see this? Oh, because I've heard it's a sexy film. Yeah. That's oh. reminded me. You remember um, when you rented a video and you'd get uh, Simon Bates saying, <laughs> yeah. this film has been uh, classified as a PG. <laughs> that means that there are certain... Well, PG... <laughs> PG films was Floella Benjamin's voice. Now, Floella Benjamin, uh, who I've subsequently learned is fiercely intelligent and really frightening in an interview situation because a mate of mine had to be interviewed with her and she she just took no prisoners fucking sharp as a whip she yeah. she was on play school and she's very cheery and very sweet and you know uh jumping about with fucking the big ted little ted and hamble yeah. and all that she was fair um, as well I can't really remember. Was she fit? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, she was. Was she? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Floella. Uh, but um, I remember her specifically saying, this film is a PG. Uh, it might mean that there is a little bit of mild language in there. Uh, if there are some scary moments, uh, she said something about it, and she said, there may even be some sexy scenes. Oh, no. <laughs> and you just think, oh, Floella. Okay. Okay. I just oh, yeah. I hate things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon Bates was worse, obviously. The sincerity of his voice. Mm. And um, there may be some sexual references in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, uh, ooh, that would be unfortunate, wouldn't it? If we were sat here watching this film and then there was a sudden sexy scene. <laughs> I, 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 not, nothing I haven't seen before, of course. <laughs> I'd be happy to uh, cover your eyes or... 
or provide you with some counselling afterwards. And maybe play play the music from our tune. Fuck off, Bates. Perhaps, perhaps you'd like to talk about some of the scenes we've just watched <laughs> at a later date. <laughs> perhaps in the car on the way home. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've just painted Simon Bates into a very dark corner, haven't we? Well, I don't think we'd be the first ones to do that, would we? No, possibly not. Oh, was he one of the... Was he... No, no, but no, I think... No, he wasn't. No, nothing proved. No, it was Dave Lee Travis, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He took one for the team, didn't he? He did. Oh, dear. That, basically, that implies that every single person on the BBC was uh, behaving inappropriate, which you never know. Um, anyway, um, what were we Alex saying Ryder. before that? Alex Ryder. Yes, so... Um, <laughs> It is a redo of a book, uh, the first of a series of books about a young lad uh, plucked from seeming obscurity. He's just a, a kid at a comprehensive school. Um, uh, thinks his uncle works in a bank and uh, is a bit boring. Although, you know, he hasn't got any other family. And he lives with his uncle, and his uncle takes him, to compensate for the fact that his parents are dead, I guess, uh, on really fabulous holidays once a year when the bank let him off. Uh, within the first, I mean, if you know the books, you'll know this anyway, and within the first 10 or 15 minutes of the first episode, you'll soon learn that his uncle uh, is not uh, a, a bank employee. Oh. Uh he is involved in espionage, oh. and uh, it's Alex. Is he is, a terrorist? He is not a terrorist. Oh, no, right. although you know terrorism is very subjective. Right? Yeah, it is. I mean, to the Empire, uh, yeah. the Rebel Alliance were terrorists, yeah. weren't they? Let's, yeah. You know, let's look at it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, away from Star Wars. Away, away, right. away. Um, yeah, his uncle uh, falls foul of, of some dreadful scheme and Alex is uh, dragged initially reluctantly into a... Um, I mean, he's not employed because he's still a kid, but he ends up he ends up joining forces with the people, his, handler, his uncle's handlers, to uh, <laughs> try and work out what happened to his uncle. Mm. Um, very well made, very well shot, very, very pleasant. I shouldn't have watched it with Ivy. Ivy is eight... I think the uh, a, the age range was a bit older than that. Is it like a twelve? Do you think? I would say it's probably like yeah. a twelve. Yeah, but um, I mean, I don't think Ivy was particularly phased, but it was more me. I kept thinking, oh no, oh someone's just been shot in the head. <laughs> oh. Just just on that because um, I've not I've not looked, but um, how visible is the rating system on stuff that's on Amazon? Things like that. Good question. For kids, I think it's quite clear. Right. Uh, and that ought to have been my warning. I've just realised I've outed myself as a dreadful parent by just letting Ivy watch this thing. No, because I've, I've looked at um, other things um, just when I've been looking at details and stuff, you know, while we've been doing this. Yeah, and yeah. I suppose I've just seen it more on, I've noticed it more on Netflix than I have on Amazon. Mm. But their, their kind of age guidance thing. Is I don't think it's if I like as a if I was a parent then I wouldn't think it was prominent enough, it wasn't yeah. clear enough, you know, to be able to select films easily yeah. and just think oh well yeah it's this it's that, you know yeah, to know true. what you could what you're getting into when you especially yeah, yeah, yeah. especially now when we're in lockdown and lots of people are watching lots of stuff with their kids. Yeah. 
Yes, indeed, indeed. No, it's it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, immediately apparent. Um, and with, without turning into like a watchdog type of a person, I, I've never checked. I, I didn't seek it out. I have to say, uh, I just I put it on, and um, anyway, yeah. So it's that, different I, I as mean, well with um, with with stuff like that. The the books attract. Um, a younger audience naturally anyway because reading about these things isn't the same as seeing it on the screen is it, it can be worded differently it can be phrased well, that differently is true. in terms that of is the true. books so yeah. i mean like when we were kids we would often read things that were perhaps for an older age i remember reading horror books and stuff like that they're obviously yeah. meant for an older age group but they didn't yeah. affect me in any way in the same way as like watching a horror film would have done no like oh, i could no, read a stephen well, king but i wouldn't have watched it when i was a kid yeah well we we talked about this before didn't we we talked about the armchair thrillers mm. when uh which was a 70s series anyone Holy who remembers shit, armchair yeah. thrillers and there was one which both rich and i uh remember with with um a mixture of um fascination and horror called silent as a nun fucking and, uh, horrendous that. <laughs> still makes me even even you just saying that it made my stomach go a bit weird yeah, Silent as a Nun. It must be on YouTube. It yeah. must be on YouTube. I don't want to go back and watch it for two reasons. One, because I know it'll still make me feel really weird and horrible yeah. and scary. Two, yeah. because it's probably shit. Yeah. But it won't matter because that seed has been sown and yeah. it will stay within me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a, uh, uh, yeah. And also all the Hammer Horror film things or TV Hammer Horror um, shows and specials. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know I mean I'm not kidding myself. Ivy plays video games. She loves playing video games. Yeah. You know all sorts of weird. I mean she yeah. doesn't play like Fortnite or Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know even in um, something like Goats, which is a ridiculous game. You know you're on a goat that licks other people and you can blow pink, blow things up and stuff. Yeah. So, you know it, it's not like she's been kept in some kind of weird bubble. Uh, I just I just wish I'd. Uh, I'm not anyway. This is more about the TV, not my parenting skills. The, thi- I the think thing, it's a I, good series. The thing is, though, like, like the same with with us, and like the people who we knew at school. Yeah, everybody's ready for d- things at a different age, aren't they? So, as parents, you're yes. you're in a better situation to know. Oh, she's ready for something that's perhaps gauged at somebody older, but she's yeah. at that stage where she's ready to take that on and. And know what it's all about, and you can have a conversation about it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. No, she's very bright, and she's very, you know, she's not. She didn't. She wasn't. It was more me. It was more my paranoia. Uh, she wasn't uh, uh, upset about it or anything. Uh, no. She was quite. She was, she was enjoying it, in fact. Um, and she loved it. Yeah, she's got bloodlust now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. She's out now. <laughs> you know, what is it? We're make. We're recording this at ten to eleven at night. She's outside. I don't know where she is. <laughs> it's good job she's got that knife, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Left with a flick, a-, a flick knife and a torch, a flick axe, a flick knife flick and a torch. <laughs> Imagine that. A flick, ch- a flick chainsaw. That's what she's got. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, because I, I, I forgot that you live on that zombie street, don't you? We do. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Undead Avenue. Yes. I'm, I'm uh, sure she'll be alright. I'm sure she'll pick up some more health and ammo points on her way back home <laughs> yeah i hope so i do hope so um yeah so that's that's amazon prime uh, oh sorry amazon rather and um it's well it's yeah i think it's worth a look is it a film 
No, it was a series. We, uh, we watched right. the first episode. Right. Uh, and Ivy said, shall we watch the next one? But um, it was getting a bit late. Uh, and she wanted to get out with a knife as well. So, you know. <laughs> How long is the episode? Is it like 40 minutes? Not about something? 50 minutes, something oh, like right. 45, okay. 50 minutes. So, yeah. Um, and Stephen, Stephen Delane, who is another of those actors who uh, is... Uh, I, yeah. I really like Stephen Delane. Yeah. I don't really say Dylan or Delane, or I'm not really sure. But um, he's fab. He's, he's in... Um, the Tunnel, which is the remake of the uh, yes. Scandi- Scandinavian yeah. drama The Bridge. He's in The Tunnel, um, and he played Stannis Baratheon in uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, right. Uh, so, yeah, so he's he's um, great he's actor. Very, he's very... Well. Um, it makes it all look very, very natural and very effortless yes, whenever he's doing stuff, he does. doesn't he? He was also in a, in a really good... Uh, well, I enjoyed it. He's quite schmaltzy, but a, a Disney... A Disney sports movie called "The Greatest Game Ever Played," about oh. a, a golf match between the English uh, world, I suppose, the world's greatest player at the time, played by Stephen Delane, and uh, Shit the Beef, uh, Shia LaBeouf, oh. who plays this American kid who, who takes him on. Oh. And great, uh, I mean, again, um, I love sports movies, so yes. uh, I, I was, it was right on my alley. What's your favorite uh, sports film? Um. Ooh. I, I I mean it depends. I can I can go by sport. My favorite golf sports oh. film is Tin Cup. Yes. My favorite uh, uh, baseball sports film is probably Moneyball. Yes. Um. My favorite American football sports film is probably Remember the Titans. Um. Oh. Basketball would be probably um Coach Carter. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's about education, really. But you know, um, if I had to pick one out of those, oh god, Moneyball, I think. Yeah, do you know what? That was going to be my pick as well. I love, I absolutely love Moneyball. Yeah, brilliant um, film. I do like um, Bull Durham as well. When we're talking about baseball, Bull Durham's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if we go on to ice hockey, I fucking adore Slapshot. Oh, <laughs> what a film. Anybody who hasn't seen Slapshot, go and watch Slapshot. Yeah. yeah. When, I was, when I was a kid, me, Paul Mays, and was it Frankie Demokos? We used to go around the playground like the Hanson brothers. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. We, didn't, we didn't hit anybody. We would just like weave yeah. around people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking amazing film. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. That. Until um, Paul Mays knocked uh, Dawn Ewan's crisps out of her hand and uh, we got in trouble. <laughs> and the following day, our headmaster banned us from bringing snacks for first break. Oh, and it was wow. all our fault. It was all our fault for being the Hanson brothers. God. Yeah, Who would have no, thought that they, their influence could stretch as far as Thorn? Yeah. Who would have thought? Well, it was Balby at the time. Was the other oh, side was it? Oh, yeah. Different, different kettle of fish altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So does Alex Ryder get... Um, that's a recommend, is it? For Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I You know, and I think uh, perfect for its target audience, um, which is just slightly older than Ivy. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep with it and let you know how it, how it develops. So there you go. Excellent. Um, so what, where, where are you gonna take us now, Rich? Um, let's go, let's go back to New York. 
Um, and uh, Ooh, this sounds exciting. Uh, I know it sounds it sounds odd to say, but this is a happier time in New York where all they had to worry about was a serial killer. Okay. Um, we're going to go for another episode of Lincoln Rhyme. I think we're on episode eight this time. Fantastic. Um, somebody, uh, the daughter of a um, uh, a senator, well, a protect, somebody who's running for senator, I think, um, goes missing. Um, it turns out the building that she's in is um, used to be a bank, <clears throat> but now it's like a hotel conference kind of place where he's about to hold a meeting. Um so his daughter goes missing when she leaves him. She's walking through one of the back areas in this building. Right. Um, and she appears to disappear without trace. Um, and they've got her on CCTV walking out of the room. Um, okay. She walks down the corridor and then she goes into the only place that doesn't have camera. And then right. she disappears somewhere there. So um, then they've been sent... Um, I think saying that she's been kidnapped and they've had a ransom demand. So Lincoln sends um, Amelia his eyes, his his eyes out on the ground. She goes back to the corridor where this girl first walked and they're walking down there and can't see anything. Just looking around. No, still can't can't see anything. And then Lincoln says, whoa, 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 hang on. what's on. What's that on the floor down there? And there's some tiny, <laughs> tiny specks of dust on the floor. This is this is in the back area of like a conference catering place. It's a busy okay. area. There's lots of shit all around. Okay. He says, what, what about the, that dust on the floor? Uh, right. So she goes, where? And he's right right down there, right down there. Luckily enough, she has her gloves on. Um, wow, unlu- amazing. Unlu- unluckily enough, it di- it was it didn't make any difference because she didn't need her gloves for this particular bit. Um, <laughs> because uh, he said uh, something's been loosened around here. That looks like dust <laughs> from something being loosened. So he says, um, there's like a metal cage there. And he goes, move that metal cage thing out of the way. So they move the metal cage thing out of the way. And then on the wall behind the metal cage, there's um, a panel on the wall that's been that's got four screws and all the screws are halfway out of the panel <laughs> so she goes it looks like the screws have been loosened on this panel <laughs> brilliant so uh, she goes I'll I'll take them off I'll take them off and she opens it up and then she was going oh it looks like there's a laundry chute uh, but it was like it can be, be a laundry chute so he immediately gets onto his tech person and says, "Well, look up the history of this building. I don't think it's always been a it's been a hotel." So the the tech guy obviously does his um, yeah, you know, his yeah, thing yeah, on the keyboard where he, he types in what was this building before yeah. it was a hotel, yeah, and yeah, he goes, "Oh, it used of... to be used to be a bank," and he goes, "I thought it was a bank. Um, that's a it's a safety shoot where um, because it was so dangerous at the time." He says, "With people like." You know, like with John Dillinger and Bonnie and Clyde, and no, uh, he says okay. somebody else, right? And he's got um, in front of him. He's got these three glass panels that, right. pre- you know, the um, there is like his computer screen, so it's like a heads-up display kind of thing for him. Yeah, yeah. So it shows you him sat there, and he's got these panels, these clear glass panels in front of him. And as he says, like you know, it was a dangerous time. You know, like with John Dillinger and Bonnie and Clyde and whoever else. The, there's images of these people come up 
on each of the panels. So the first panel, it comes up and it's a, a photograph of John Dillinger. Right. The middle panel, it's like a little film of Bonnie and Clyde. And then the last one is, is somebody else. The, so these three things are they put up there as if he's he's just called them up, but like instantaneously from his head. <laughs> it's the oddest thing. I've no idea what, what that was supposed to be. Like, are they trying to tell us that it's attached to his brain, so as he thinks of things, <laughs> it comes up? But it never happens at any other time like that. And I'm, I'm guessing that that would be quite worrying, that he'd be thinking, well, things that I think of are suddenly going to appear on that screen. That would freak I me wonder, the fuck out. Right, so here's, here's, here's what I'm thinking now, mm. okay? Final episode twist for this first season of Lincoln Rhymes, yeah. he learns that he's actually uh, a cyborg. Oh, right. He's because like a um, Robocop. Like he's like Robocop, basically, yeah. Yeah. But but a really shit robot because they've not made him so he can walk. Or no, anything. they've not made him any working legs. Yeah. No, no working legs. Absolutely. Or right. or they've got the wrong size batteries. They've got the little little ones, the AA batteries to make him his Maybe. mind work. But they need the big D batteries like you get in um, in a big track. Yeah. So yeah. It's either that or um, gets to the last episode and we find out that he's been in a coma all this time and none of this is real. Uh, like source code, yeah, that'd yeah. be good. That'd be quite yeah. good. I think I'd, I'd buy that. Yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah. So um, anyway, carry on. Sorry, I'd, yeah. I'd just, I'd just have to say, just, just, just for the benefit of the people who don't know what we're talking about, mm. uh, Lincoln Rhymes is it is a he's a, a paraplegic, tetraplegic. I got what it is. He's, he's uh, yeah. paralyzed from the neck down. Yes. And the other woman, the the woman you were talking about, she is his eyes. Yes. Which means she's got what she got like a GoPro on her head. So yeah, she... sorry. So Amelia was um formerly a beat officer who yeah. um helped him out with a case and um he felt like she had the kind of instincts at a crime scene that he would normally have. Um, yeah. so he recruited her to be essentially kind of um a, a version of him out there. Um so she's kind of like his virtual eyes because she's got a um, like a lapel mounted camera and um, a microphone so that he can see almost what she sees so she obviously gets sent out into the field to do all these different things so that he can ask her to look over there and pick this up and all that kind of yeah. stuff yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah and she's got um he's got other assistants he's got a tech person who, who types on the keyboard a lot, quite loudly, and comes yeah, up but with he's, instantaneous answers. <laughs> he's using the zen art of fucking typing, isn't he? Just hit, hit the yeah, keys yeah. as hard yeah. as you can for as long as you can, and eventually yeah. you're going to write something that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what search engine he's using, but surely everybody should have access to that, because... <laughs> It's so quick. It's un- unbelievable. Yeah, um, he's yeah. also got his forensics expert who can analyse things like um, diesel fumes on a road. She can tell you <laughs> where yeah. where the van has recently purchased some oil from. Yeah, um, absolutely. He's also Which we got, had last um, week. He's got like an old cop and a young cop who help him as well. So that's a nice little mix there. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're... they're oh, and he's... Um, He's got his his kind of carer, a living carer, um, who we found out um, she's agoraphobic. Oh, um, okay. So I suppose it, 
it seeps in with his job with his job and his situation doesn't it really yes indeed um so yeah so sorry the bank robbers had appeared on his screen for no apparent reason really again it was another one of those things where you, 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 it was enough that he just said their names i don't think it really added to any for anybody to see what john dillage's face looked like no sure um so uh they go go back to the um the senator to talk about um the ransom demand and things like that uh i'm going to give you a bit of choice dialogue from from the program just to get you an idea about it yes um so they went to the to the senator and um they were talking about the situation and he said um you have to find her we have 22 hours to find my daughter Okay. I mean, obviously, you said it different to that. Is it? Yeah, like, sure. You have to find her. We have twenty-two hours to find my daughter. Oh, something good. like something like that. Anyway. I like that. It's very good. Very good. Uh, yeah. Um, that that's <laughs> going to be part of my uh, screen test that I'm going to send over to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for you taking apart the episode that you're going to be in. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then I turn up, and I'm shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll pick that thing up and I ain't got any fucking gloves on. <laughs> um, so what they find out is that this, um, his daughter's been held uh, for ransom um, and they send, because they send a film and it's a film of the daughter sat in a chair and she's like being beaten up and um, she said, oh, if you don't give them the money or whatever, they're going to they're gonna kill me. And then out of the side shot of her, there's um, a hand comes in that's wearing like a rubber glove and it's holding a knife and it holds a knife oh, against her. that's where the fucking her. gloves are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all the baddies have got them for holding knives. <laughs> um, so then they do, um, Lincoln sits there and he watches this ransom film um, just over and over again, but without the sound on. And right, so right. I think Amelia says to him, what, how, what, why are you watching it without the sound on? And he was like, oh, when you lose one of your senses, um, the other senses become heightened, which I'm pretty sure that's not true, is it? No. That's no, just, no, that's no, just not, not true. Um, he's Essentially, he is not quoting a medical textbook there. He's not quoting anything based in medical fact. He is quoting the premise behind the superhero Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there there are senses. If you if you're blind, your your sense of hearing doesn't become heightened, does it? I think you you surely isn't it just your concentration and your focus becomes on that more. Yeah, I don't see. I, how, I don't know how your fucking ears get much better <laughs> <laughs> when you lose your eyes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fucking ridiculous. Mm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so he says that is apparently when he's watching things without a sound on, he is is his other senses become heightened. Right. So um, from his other senses, he manages to pick up um, a sign uh, on the wall in the background. Right. Okay. Why he couldn't do that with the sound on, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he picks up this sign, and he was like, "Oh, right, it's this. It's a sign that you commonly find in a factory." Um, so they've narrowed it down Fuck to it being a factory. I mean, there right. can't be that many disused factories in the um, in the five boroughs of New York, can they? No, no. Um, so they find they find um, there's something else, and I can't remember how it's how they find it because I've weeks since I've seen it. But um, they find <laughs> something that's got traces of hemp 
and sealant sealant on it and so they're like well all right then so we're looking for a disused a disused factory that had something to do with hemp and sealant and um he goes oh it's it's rope it's a rope making factory so his tech guy taps on his keyboard again and he goes oh there's only three factories that made rope in new york and um one of them has been shut down for two years and they're like right let's get over get over there um that was easy enough um so what they know is they oh that was the other thing he goes oh it's in this particular factory and he goes all oh, right bring up the blueprints for it and he just goes there we go and he like he, like he four four taps away he's got the blueprints for it he had four taps to get the blueprints for the bank the former bank four taps to get the blueprints for this disused rotor factory where are the fa- where are these all stored where are all these blueprints stored? Surely that's that's a security issue if anybody can pick out the blueprints for a building. It's, it's, it's myblueprints.com. As long as you pay for the, the premium package, you don't just get the basic package. You can look at any fucking design of anything in the yeah. world. It's fair enough, I suppose. Yeah. What was it, nine ninety nine a month, is it still? It's yeah, yeah. But if you if you get a code from oh, something like yeah, yeah. you know, a, a, a get, YouTuber. Yeah, five ninety nine. Yeah, twenty five percent off. The first Fucking three months, brilliant! So. Yeah. yeah, 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 fantastic. We'll we'll and give you out um, the code for that at the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, and if you're a Patreon, uh, <laughs> you, you, get well, a, you get a heist bundle including like three blueprints <laughs> of your choice, uh, two pairs of tights to put on your head, and a, and a used shotgun with the numbers filed off. <laughs> That's you, that man. is a really good deal. It's a pretty good deal. So. They find out by looking at the blueprints. They surmise that she's been held in a room at the uh, a particular room in the back that hasn't got any. Um, it's only got one door into it and no no windows. Right. Um, I mean that's the that's the only room in a big factory apparently that's got those things. Okay. <laughs> so it yes. must be there. Yes. Yes. There's no real reason why it should be there, is there? <laughs> They're in a disused no. factory. I'm assuming that they're thinking that they're not going to get found. So why would they try and hide her? She could be in the, right in the middle of the floor in this factory, couldn't yeah, she? Yeah, you'd put her somewhere very practical, wouldn't you? Yeah. Put her, put her near the toilet. And the thing is, right, they've made this They've made this video. All of this, all of this is on the assumption that they've not moved her since they made the video. Why would they not just make a video and then go, right, let's fuck her off somewhere else now? It's a very good point, absolutely. Keep her moving. Put her in a van. Yeah. Or, like, put a green screen behind her. And you, she could be anywhere then, couldn't she? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, she's. I think she's on a beach in the in the Barbados. We're yeah. going to have to get oh, on. Oh, actually, no, she's at Main, Main Road. <laughs> now. <laughs> she's tra- she's travelling very fast around the streets of Monaco. <laughs> Being chased by Formula One vehicles. She seems to be docking with the ISS space station. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking oh, yeah. and she's again. on a roller coaster. <laughs> she's on a roller coaster in the nineteen seventies. Oh my god, she's making me feel sick. We need to save her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's she's in with a chance of winning the Grand National. <laughs> um, <laughs> so their idea um, is uh, they get so they get to the place and they're like. Well, how can we get her out safely? Because we've there's two. We know that there's going to be at least a couple of guys in there with like knives to her throat. Like they just stood there with knives to her throat permanently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
video so game henchmen. The um, while they're they're outside the building, um, there's a garage across the road from where they yeah. are, and um, Lincoln said, uh, "Oh, what about um, that that lorry that's over there? It's carrying liquid nitrogen." How the fuck does he know this? Oh, because she's looking at it. Presumably. Yeah, she's looking at it. So it's, oh, okay. it's written right, on the right, side. Right. In, I think it's it might even have been written on the side in really big letters: "Liquid nitrogen lorry." Fantastic. Liquid light nitrogen deliveries are us. <laughs> <laughs> Plot links are us. <laughs> Quick lick knit. Um, so he says, get get him to bring it over here, over to the building. Um, again, assuming that it's not empty and it's not going to just pick something up. It's actually got some liquid nitrogen in it. So they call this lorry driver over <laughs> with his, his nitrogen van and... Um, then they get a pipe, and then they feed it into the factory, oh. so that liquid nitrogen, um, when it gets fed in and it changes, then it um, deprives them of oxygen for a brief period. Uh-huh. So that will um, knock them all out, and nice. then they can just go in there and get the girl. So, so they do that. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be any problem. Um, there's a really you good. Um, there's a really good pipe system that leads to that room obviously of course so this liquid nitrogen finds its way into the room and um so then they go in um to the police and they're like oh get the girl and um as they're going down there one of the it's knocked out the girl and it's knocked out one of the kidnappers and the other one's gone missing um but they um they take in like a small oxygen tank it's only like a tiny little oxygen tank and so the police, there's three of them, and they all share it. They all keep, oh, I'll have a sniff of that quick so that I don't right. become unconscious. <laughs> but when they haven't got that, it seems to be enough that they just put their hands over their mouths and cough occasionally. Oh, right. They seem to be all right. It's just the kidnappers that seem to be particularly susceptible to the effects of liquid Perfect. nitrogen um, and kidnap victims. Um, so they find the girl, they find one of the kidnappers, and then... Um, one of the other one, the one who's not affected for some reason, he's hiding, and um, one of the policemen shoot him. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they just kill him. Yeah, right. Um, I don't even think that they warn him that they're gonna that they're there. They just they just shoot him. They just shoot him. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah okay. Um, so <laughs> they they stand outside, and like the uh, the guy who shot him, he's got like a bit of a distant look in his eye, and. Uh, Amelia comes out and she's like, "Whoa, that was pretty crazy, wasn't it?" And he was like, "Yeah, God, that was pretty, pretty crazy. I'm a bit, sh- you know, a bit shook up about all that, yeah." And then um, they get like another call and it's Lincoln saying, "Oh, we need to get back here because we've got some other stuff to do." And then they're all all right. They're all all right again. They all just go back to Lincoln's and um, they start uh-huh. doing start doing something else. <laughs> start doing something else. They've got more work to catch the bone collector. You see. Um, the speed that these people get over these things every week somebody either sees somebody die or kill somebody and they get over it in a matter of minutes really wow. there's no counseling needs to be offered there's no like do yeah. you want to take a couple of days off to get over it no 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 i'm i'm a fact i'm all right to go back to the office tonight <laughs> all right well i think that you're all psychopaths yeah, I was going to say, is that not uh, psychopathic behaviour? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got ap- they've got absolutely... 
they're, they're all like Judge Dredd. They've got no empathy Brilliant. whatsoever Brilliant. for anybody who they, in their opinion, without a, without a judge and a jury, in their opinion, are guilty. Oh right. Okay. I mean, this guy. Sh- oh, fair enough. He did. In the end, he was right. He shot. A, he shot a kidnapper who looked like he was in danger of killing somebody else. But he did shoot at somebody in the dark, and there was question marks there. And yeah. they're all suffering from the effects of oxygen deprivation. <laughs> but, but just another day. Yeah. Just another day. He managed to just, just another day. Just popped a clip in him, and then they were all done. Like oh, right. we're out of there. <laughs> That was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah, right. Are we off back to the office then? Yeah. Yeah, great. Is the hot dog van near, on the way? Because I'm starving. It is like that. It is like that where they just go to Lincoln's and then they just go, oh, God, I could murder a coffee. Oh, I think, well, you have just mur- you've murdered more than a coffee before. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, so, it's so odd, man. It's so odd. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a bit more about the actual bone collector. Um, it showed you him uh, like in like last week he killed his his wife and then this week he was getting upset about the fact that he was going to have to saw her up and get her bones out of her and stuff like that so he he cried he cried about that a bit oh did he okay yeah. okay um, uh, but then that was that was that was it that was the end of it right oh well mm. so we're not really any I don't think we're any further on finding the yes we are oh my god I can't believe I missed this bit out oh look out here we go so after they've had the killing of the kidnappers um, the bone collector's sawing up his his missus Um, so they they find what they realise is that the the kidnapping case that they've just done something clicks in Amelia's head Oh, and right. she goes do you know what I was thinking this, this is a little bit like the bone collector like he kidnaps people but then he kills them so what what perhaps when he started off maybe at some point he kidnapped somebody and didn't kill him and they were like oh my god in which case that they'll be able to identify him and they went oh yeah so they managed to find a case of somebody who was kidnapped but not killed by a lunatic right this is in all of america i mean i can't imagine that there's many of them so they managed to find this bloke. And then well, it's so, only three or four taps on the computer for wizard, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the they didn't wizard. even. It wasn't even like multiple choice. It was literally like, oh, it's him. So they went, and where does he live? Where does he live? Oh, he lives there. Right. Well, let's get over there. <laughs> so she went over there, and she got to him, and this guy was like, um, "Oh yeah, I did. I did see him. He said that he was." Um, it was his medication and I don't know, drink or something. And that, um, he was like, he was sorry and he wouldn't do it again. And then he went away and, um, she was like, what, what was it called? And he, <laughs> and he, <laughs> the bone collector was parked outside watching him through the window. Oh. And she was going, what, what was, what was he called? And he was going, ah, oh, I can't believe it. It was my it was my cousin, and she was going, "Yeah, but what was he called?" And it keeps flashing over to the bone collector, and then he was, but he kept they kept stalling it in the script, him saying Ugh. the name, yeah, and um, so he got like, "Oh, I can't believe it's my cousin." Oh, what? Yeah, but what was he called? Oh, do you know? I've known him for years. She's going, "Yeah, but what was he called?" <laughs> And he, ah, oh, oh. you know, and do you know what? He always wears like brown shoes. Yeah, but what's his name? <laughs> put, a, put a name to it. And he's like, going, I feel like every time I've seen him, it's been a windy day. I just go, what's it? And you're thinking, oh, you cannot string this out any fucking longer. Fuck you, 
And then he goes, oh, it was um, my cousin. I don't know. Like, I can't remember what he's called. Like Dave, David Brown or whatever. Right, the okay. name means nothing because nobody remembers what the name, the actual name of the bone collector is anyway. It's not like, it's, sure. the, I don't think they've ever said it. Or they maybe right, just said okay. it once. Like he was making notes like that apart from me. And even I didn't remember yeah. it. Um, <laughs> so then it ended on him. It ended on the bone collector looking all worried in his car outside. Ooh. Uh, and Amelia's with this guy, so she now knows the name of the bone collector, and so does obviously um, Lincoln because he was watching and listening at the same time. Oh, well, very good. And, right, as it ter- well. and it, it turns out now Lincoln knows that he he knows that man, okay. which they built it up as if it was a really big shock, but they told us that in the first episode. And when the bone collector was outside, did he have one of those big? Sort of bullhorn type affair, so he could get the sound. <laughs> no, no, no. He was. Um, I think he was doing like lip reading because he was parked oh, okay. in. A, he was parked in a car down the street, but yet when it looked, it looked as if it was his view of what you were seeing. Um, they'd done like a close up of looking through the window, as if you like you were stood outside about two feet away from the window. Right. He was actually in a car down the road, but every yeah. time she'd say. Just give us a name. The bone collector, for some reason, would look tense, as if like, "Oh no, he's about to give him my name," which he could <laughs> never have known that. No. Oh, unless, unless now I'm just thinking about it, unless he's blind. In which ah. case, his sense of hearing will probably be incredible, won't it? Incredibly, hi- yeah, absolutely heightened, yeah, just like Daredevil, as we've said before. Or he's or- deaf, and his lip reading skills are unbelievable. So unbelievable that he can read them through the back of people's heads. <laughs> all things are possible at this stage, Nick. It's all up yes, for indeed. Well, there we go. Fantastic. I look forward to hearing the next, uh, the next enthralling episode of Lincoln Rhymes it's Hunt for the, the Bone um, Collector. It's the realism that keeps me gripped, really. Of course, it. of course. No, it, it's, it's practically cinema verite. Francois Truffaut would be yes. fucking, and and Jean Luc Godard would be going crazy, wouldn't they? Oh, it, was one of them the new uh, the French New Wave? One was uh, cinema verite. Is um. He's like, it's like watching the American version of um, 24 Hours in Police Custody. <laughs> it's got that kind of gritty realism. Yeah, 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 I can tell. I can tell. Very real. Good. So that's Lincoln Rhymes. Yeah, Lincoln Rhymes. Sky. Um, exclusive in the UK. I don't think it's exclusive yeah. overseas, but exclusive here. Very good. Get it watched. Episode 8, I'm on now. Marvellous. Um, but you've been watching something a bit um, from a different era, from another from another yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, I put my nostalgia hat on. Um, oh. Yeah. I should do have a nostalgia hat. Uh, oh. it's, it's, it's a blue, it's a light blue woolly knitted uh, baby bonnet. It doesn't really fit me. Oh. I, fa- I found it in a tree uh, when I was on tour. There's a, there, there's a relevance to this. Yeah. Um, I found it in a tree when I was on tour in Oxford in 1994 and two years later I was back in Oxford staying at the same digs uh, playing at the same theatre when Euro 96 was happening Ah. and I toured a little black portable telly which I set up in my dressing room uh, when I was still acting this obviously and um, the night that England played Holland in Euro 96, uh, I had been uh, watching the match on and off when I was on stage, obviously just 
hoping I didn't miss a goal when I was off stage, looking at the score, seeing we'd scored or seeing we'd just about to score, you know, yeah. or we'd just scored or whatever, uh, and going absolutely bananas. I was so loud, and I was three stories up at the back of the Oxford Playhouse, that when I got downstairs, they said, we can hear you on the stage cheering, <laughs> cheering your team. Uh, so, yes, that wasn't so good. Now, the England-Holland game was played at the same time as the other game in that group. Rich, you, I know you know this, mm-hmm. um, but for those of you who didn't see Euro 96 or don't give a shit, I'm going to tell you anyway. So, um, <laughs> uh, tough luck. Um, it was it was Scotland playing Switzerland. Now, Scotland, generally speaking, uh, by the third game, they've either no chance or very little chance of qualifying. But in the Euro 96 tournament, they had got to win and hope that England beat Holland or Holland beat England. Um, um, and the goal swing had got to be four or five, I think. Um, so Holland, you know, uh, needs to lose 3-0 or win 3-0 and Scotland needs to win 2-0. And then, you know, Scotland would go through at the expense of England. And if it was England, all the way around. Anyway, I watched that game. I'd never seen it live uh, and I've only ever seen it once before. And the reason I watched it... Well, there are a few reasons I watched it, actually. Um, my granddad was Scottish, and uh, I've uh, always had an affinity with the Scots. Being born in 1970, uh, the first World Cup I remember was Argentina 78. The first sticker book I got was the Panini sticker book for Argentina 78. Mm. Um, and uh, I was also, as a child, a Liverpool fan. And Liverpool had uh, Kenny Dalglish at the time as their star player. He was Scottish. Uh, and I had the Scotland kit, uh, dark blue Scotland shirt. Yeah. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved that. That kit. was a I great learned. kit, that one. Yeah, it was really good. So, I, so I've always had, a, I've always had a, a, an affinity for the Scots. So I wanted to watch it for that. I wanted to watch it just to see whether or not I was right because I, I was pretty sure Scotland played... Uh, the Swiss off the park on the day. And they did. They just couldn't score a second goal, which was an absolute disaster. Um, but the main reason I wanted to watch it, uh, for for 16 minutes, around 16 minutes, um, England won 4-1. But what, at, at one point, they were 4-0 up and Scotland were 1-0 up. Now, Scotland really had the, their destiny in their own hands. All they're going to do is score another goal. And by God, they tried. But because England had got four goals... For 16 minutes, Scotland had qualified. And the crowd were going crazy and they were singing. And the Scots commentators... And I love Scottish football commentary because it doesn't hide its bias. It's like um, we, our commentators, have been told, uh, well, you must always stay impartial and, you know, celebrate a goal. Scotland, fuck all of that. I I support my team. And they're my team. You know, so when Scotland get a throw-in... Billy Dodds, a fantastic throw in there. He's got a throw in. It's superb. And they, they, they played it in. It's superb. Good goal. Oh, it's great. Goalkeeper's got it. So for a goal kick, that's fine. But we're pressing on. You know, they're very, very, very passionate about it. And for 16 minutes, the the commentators were talking about the next game. And they were talking about, you know, the, the, the uh, historic moment of Scotland getting through. And I don't even think at any point um, they mention, oh, and it might not happen. But then, <laughs> with nine minutes, uh, no, is it nine minutes? Seven minutes to go. 
Patrick Clivert, uh, a young Dutch forward at the time, goes and bobs in a goal, which takes takes the victory, or the qualification anyway, away from Scotland. And the commentary just drops. F- oh, God. And it's just it's just one of those things, you know, hope kills you, doesn't it? And um, I watched it, and, and uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like going, ha, 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 look at, look at Scotland, because like I say, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're a team I love. Um, but it was, just, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's fucking heartbreaking. It reminds you how much, you, how important sport can be to some people. And we are about to see uh, the Premier League come back again uh, because, you know, uh, corporate greed knows no bounds. Um, so uh, the Premier League's coming back and it's going to be weird not having, because it was partly the Scottish fans yeah, that yeah. made it. So every time England scored, they've obviously got the radios there. And there's a huge roar all around Villa Park where the game was played. Huge roar. England scored one. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> then Scotland get one. Another roar. England have got a second. Another roar. England have got a third. Fucking hell. One of us only needs one more goal. I think as the commentator said that. One of us has to score. And then England get a fourth, and the crowd have gone absolutely bananas. <laughs> properly fucking bananas. And Scotland and England fans, there's a fair animosity there. I mean, one would hope, and for the most part, it is friendly banter. But, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be some Scottish fans going, the fucking English, let the, let the Dutch <laughs> score on purpose just to get us into the competition. You know, because it, um, it, it, was, it was just bad luck. It was bad luck, but um, but no, Scotland played very very well. Uh, just couldn't score on the that um, goal. on the coverage. Did they have? And if, I feel like this is in my memory rather than it being real. But um, you know, when you're watching one match and there's another one going on at the same time, like these yeah. these were, uh, and then something happens and they would put it in like a little box. Yeah, a little, a, box little clip. Like, yeah. Do you, Do you think that they did that at the same time? They may have done. It certainly isn't there now. Um, I'm no. not sure whether or not in '96 they 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 did that. They they probably did though because it was, you know, I I I certainly remember um, uh, Barry Davis mentioning that uh, Scotland yeah. Had scored. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was always aware that of like what was going on in both the games, but I can't yeah. remember why how I was aware of it, whether it was just through his commentary or whether it was because they'd bring up like the little picture-in-picture box of what was going on in the game. I love that. I love that. Do you know, I'd love to have that on all the time, personally. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Just You know, you choose the England game uh, or the France game or the Germany game or whatever and you have the other game in the corner of the screen. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, the only thing is with with that, if like you're watching a game and you need a result to go in the other game as well, and when they go, oh, there's been something happened in the other one, and they bring it up in a little picture in picture, and it's like your side conceding a a goal. It's like fucking hell, <laughs> <laughs> just kills That's it, doesn't point. it? That is a good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Yeah, I used to have a telly. Uh, it was a, a mate of mine gave me this old Philips TV. It was one of the uh, early HD ready. TVs, uh, but the HD socket uh, had no sound to it, so you had to install external speakers oh, in yeah. order to get the good picture. But it had that; it had picture in picture as a button, yeah. so you could choose any other channel, and it would pop up in the corner. So uh, yeah, those qualification matches uh, were quality because you'd have a little bit. Yeah. You, know, you could uh, you could even split the screen fifty fifty, but everyone looked really long and thin. Yeah. <laughs> That would blow my mind having to concentrate on two games like that. Ah, but that's what they do, isn't it? In the match at the day studio, yeah. I suddenly feel a bit like Alan Shearer. 
Yeah. It's like I, I watch um I watch American football and they've got a thing on um or called Red Zone and okay. there's a guy who does a kind of almost like a match of the day thing, but it's live. So as the matches are playing, he's got like nine or ten screens up and he Jesus. will they'll go, they'll just keep going. Whenever there's something going on, they just flick to all the different ones. So he's got to keep across all of the games as to what's going on. And it's crazy. I have no yeah, idea how people nuts. keep keep all that shit in their heads. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's bizarre. Yeah. Fucking hell. I wouldn't know who'd been fucking substituted if there was if I was watching two games. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a fella gone off. Which one? Frizzy air, don't know. Ginger lad. Another bloke's come on. <laughs> has there been somebody gone off? I don't I don't know. If there has, yeah. the guy who's come on looks like the one who went off. <laughs> hmm. Um so that was this week's viewing. And we've got a new feature. It's a momentous year for both me and Nick this year. Yes, it is. Um, we're going to celebrate our half century on this <laughs> earth. Yeah. 50 long, arduous years. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, it doesn't feel like 50 years, does it? Fucking no, hell. not at all. Not at all. It's a funny. It's a funny thing, and people always say that, don't they? They say it's in your mind. It's out. out you know how old you feel. When uh, I see some 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 people on films and stuff like that, and I look up how old they are, and it goes, "Oh, like they're fifty and I think, "Fucking hell, you look really old." Yeah, some do. Do I look that old? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've lost all my hair, so I look I look a bit. You know, that's a bit ridiculous. But I, there was a there was a uh, lass who was in our uh, our school. She was a year above me, and her name was Janice Hutchinson. And at 15, she looked 45. And, uh, <laughs> and, and some years later, me and my sister saw her, and she must have been 19 or 20, and she looked fucking pensionable. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I don't know what was what was going on in her life. Janice, her name was. Um, nice, nice lass. Uh, but uh, yeah, she just, she used to walk around with one of those, um, you know, those old... Um, Baskets on her arms, like a picnic yeah. basket with the yeah, little doors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she used to walk around with a, with a not a romantic flower gathering basket, not a nice wicker no. basket. You know, a proper old school wicker witch of the west. Stick it on the front of your bike, picnic basket. Holy and she shit. wore a skirt that she had just underneath her boobs. That was really long oh, and shapeless, no. kind of dirty blue skirt and American tan tights and and, and, a, and, a, and a pair of uh, very sensible brown T-bar shoes. Yeah, she looked... Uh, and a headscarf on, like she was Princess Anne or something. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's not yeah, bad if you look kind of in your 40s when you're younger, but you just carry on looking the same age all the time. Yeah, that's fantastic, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but to look old Not and then just get old, no. <laughs> that's rough. Not poor Janice. Yes. So looked, what uh, we decided to do to celebrate this is that every week we're going to um, pick out a film from the year that we, starting from the year that we were born, 1970. Um, we're going to pick out a, a film from each year. Uh, and for each other to watch, <laughs> which is a genius idea by Nick. Um, and I thought it was a genius idea until I looked at the films that were released in 1970. <laughs> uh, come on, hit us, hit us with some that we aren't going to watch. Um, Hercules in New York. 
<laughs> nice. Now, um, Count Dracula was one that I was going to, one of the originals. Um, but I couldn't find anywhere to get it where it was available for streaming. No. That's the problem I had with a lot of these because I think, like, at number one in that year, it was Aristocats, which. Yes. I have seen, but I can't remember. I, I will have seen it too. I've got Disney Plus. So it's probably on there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, unless it's one of their inadvertently racist films, like Song of the South, <laughs> which is never <laughs> Disney will never show that ever no, ever again. No, quite rightly as well. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. So, what were some of the films that you perused? Well, I mean, the, the, there was some, there was some interesting choices. That's fascinating, actually. There are a couple of films that people do recognise as, if not classics, perennials. They're on every year. They're on, uh, yeah, because that's what perennial means, Nick. You fucking dick. Um, but uh, you know, there was uh, like the Railway Children. I've never seen the Railway Children. Oh, yeah, I've seen it on stage, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, I, um, funnily enough, I took my uh, long list round to my dad's today. Uh, and I, I uh, thought, oh, I'll ask my dad to see which, you know, that might, that'll be worth a laugh. That'll be, you know, it's always always yeah. good to get a bit of banter. I mean, I'd, I'll, uh, I'll see how many of the films he remembers and what he remembers about them. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's 17 minutes I'm going to save you from because he just, he doesn't know anything. And, uh, and when he does remember him, when he does remember him, he just, he's just really rude about people. I can't remember. Oh. One of the films, he went, oh, him. Yeah, well, he's always, he was always a miserable cunt. <laughs> you just think, oh, dad, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll save you that. Uh, I'll spare you that, rather. Um, but no, the, I mean, um, yeah, the, rail, the Railway Children was one. Love Story, which I've never seen, oh, uh, which yeah. I think was uh, one of the uh, highest uh, grossing films. Patton. I've never seen yes. Patton, which oh, is the winner right. of the Best Best Picture Oscar that year. Um, and I, I, did George C. Scott win the Oscar for Best Actor that year? He may have done. Uh, so those are, those are some uh, that I've not picked. And then Two Mules for Sister Sarah, which is a, a Clint Eastwood uh, Western, which again, yeah. I, I probably have seen. A bit like Aristocrats, but I don't remember it. Because it's on, as my dad says, well, it's on telly every fucking week. Um, <laughs> Not sure if it's every week, you know. But my dad's concept of time has kind of gone out the window, really. So, you know, you can't trust it. But those are some of the other ones. Um, but uh, but no, yeah, Rich is right. We're going to do this, and we're going to pick a film for each other. I mean, in some ways, we could end up after after uh, fifty more episodes of this uh, and doing this with a, with um, a real fondness for, or or a, a, a much more of an understanding of 70s culture, 80s culture, 90s culture, and so on and so forth. Or we could just watch 50 really, really bad films. Yeah. I mean, when sure. I, I was looking, I was thinking, oh, God, what thing with films really this bad because it was a really it's really slim pickings even for the for the good ones. I mean, I've seen Patton and um, I know it's it's raved about and maybe it was the time that I watched it because I think I'd have been in my teens when I watched it. And I just found it in like very long and very boring. Um, oh, the only oh. thing I took from it was it wasn't Kenny Everett's character. Um, he did like an American general character, didn't he? He used he did, to just yes. run around with massive shoulder pads and stuff. And I'm pretty That's sure right. that that was like a piss take of pattern. Oh, okay. Um, 
But um, yeah, I found I found the the films terrible. But when um, when I look, I was thinking, oh god, I hope they are all going to be like this. So I had a quick look at um, the films of 1971. Oh my god, up like so many absolute bangers on so that. So next week we're going to have a belter. Okay. Fucking great films in 1971. Oh my God. I think like... the winner of the best picture was French Connection in 71. Fucking French Connection. I love French Connection. Yeah, great. Do you pick your feet? Do you pick your feet? Do you pick your feet, Poughkeepsie? Do you pick your feet? You sat on the bed, didn't you? You sat on the bed and you picked your feet. So the rule is we can't have seen, we can't have seen them or yes. if we have seen them, we can't remember Yes. Them. Yeah. That is the rule. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I, I've drawn up a bit from. of a short list, but I am interested to hear what... Did you do a short list or have you just got... Um, uh, just three. I've just got three for you to Yeah, yeah, from. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, and again, if they're not streamed, I'm sure I'll be able to find them cheap DVD and just post them to you. Uh, here we go. You can choose from... So, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, just, 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 as a, just as a qualifier, when I was choosing on, yours... My right. criteria was, I'd set myself the criteria that you had to be able to just, you had to be able to either see it on Netflix, Amazon, Film4, right. or um, YouTube. See, you've done far more research into this than I have. So uh, I, I feel I feel bad. I feel bad. Um, so I'm going to, yeah, I, I might have to uh, revise this list. But You I, haven't the, seen the, the films the that I picked I, for you yet. Oh, shit. Okay. The three that I want you to choose from, uh, I want you to choose from either the Richard Harris uh, Western classic, A Man Called Horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now the only thing I know about a man called Horse is something happens with his nipples. I don't know what happens with his nipples, yeah. but I remember being in the playground as a kid and going, "Oh, man called Horse, what have you seen it? Oh, his nipples! What happens with his nipples? Oh my god!" <laughs> so something happens with Richard Harris's nipples. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so do do watch uh, that. That's one. The second is the third sequel. Second sequel. To the seminal classic, um, the Planet of the Apes, beneath the Planet of the yes, Apes. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the third, uh, which I thought was quite apposite, having read that, I went to IMDb and read a lot of the plop synopsis, plop, plot synopsis. <laughs> fucking hell, <laughs> Freudian. Uh, the plot synopses for these films, and so. I want to see if I can find a copy of Watermelon Man. Oh, my God, I read this as well. <laughs> oh, you read that? Okay. Oh, it sounds terrifying. It doesn't sounds it? dreadful. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I suspect it's going to be impossible to get hold of. As a just, subject, hot potato. <laughs> as a subject, yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, a, a racist wakes up one morning to find he's black. And is subjected to the same kind of racial abuse that he once meted out on others, and comes to a greater understanding, uh, and actually quite enjoys himself uh, as a black man. Yeah. Oh God. Um. It, now, it did you like... see? Did you see the Go film on. poster and its tagline for that? Yep, I didn't see the tagline. I saw the poster. What was the tagline? The uppity film. The uppity film. Yeah, I was like, oh. oh. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
The choice is yours. A man called Horse yeah. beneath the planet of the apes yeah. or Watermelon Man. So um, I don't really, kind of, I want to see Watermelon Man, but I don't know if <laughs> now is the time to watch it. Um, <laughs> um, I have got a fascination for watching it, though. Um, I would have thought that was going to be very difficult to get hold of. Um, Probably, now, yeah. a man called Horse, I've seen and have no recollection of whatsoever. Not even um, the nipples? Not even the nipples, but that didn't even ring oh, a bell okay. either. Um, okay, okay. Uh, and Beneath the Planet of the Apes uh, is another one that I have seen and can't remember. And I read the synopsis of it and I was thinking, I still can't visualise it. <laughs> Could you remember? Do you remember it? No, I've 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 seen a couple. I've definitely seen so beyond the Planet of the Apes. I think is one of them. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Um, next door to the Planet of the Apes. Next door, but one to Planet of the Apes. Live over the road in the same estate as the Planet of the Apes. I think there's one called Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. But as I recall, and I mean the first one, I, I suppose they spent a bit of money on it. By the fourth one, by the fourth sequel. I mean, it was just fucking. Well, beneath is the one masks. where it's flipped, isn't it? Where they um, they take somebody from the planet of the apes to like our modern culture, and people are freaked out by the fact that it's a talking monkey, aren't they? Isn't oh, that the premise? Okay, is it that the one? Right, I, I think seen that so. One. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. No, I haven't seen that one. No. Um, I don't mind then either. What do you think? What do you? What would you? No, what? no, 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 no. Oh, no, right. Definitely your choice. Um, but I tell you what, before you give me, before you take your choice, give me my options. <laughs> All right then. So um, you've got some. Yours are a bit more esoteric, let's say. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so first choice is yeah. crimes of the future. Ooh. And it's David Cronenberg's first feature-length film. Wow. Okay. 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 Well, that sounds that sounds good. I feel really bad now for picking a shit sequel and a yeah, don't uh, because you've not heard the rest of them yet. Okay. Um. So the second one is even dwarfs started small. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Even there's a even yeah. You must have. You've probably seen it. You've probably seen it loads of times. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know why I included it, really. Because yeah, yeah, we yeah, in Thorn we speak of little else. It's, you, it's practically a festival in itself. You film. you quote this like you quote Spinal Tap. Um, even Dwarf started small. Oh my god! It's a film by Werner Herzog. Oh, is it? Okay. Again, another good filmmaker. Yeah. It's black <laughs> yeah. and white. I'll tell you that for a start. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, then you've got. I've given you four. So okay. you've got Angel Unchained, Ooh. which is directed by Lee Madden, and it's no, a biker movie. A biker movie, Angel Unchained. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, and then your fourth choice yes. is <clears throat> they, yes. call, they Call Me Trinity by Enzo Barboni. They Call Me Trinity. Yeah. Now... now um, Enzo Barboni. Yeah. <laughs> he is um I like his stuff. Um he's right. um spaghetti western director. 
Oh, okay, okay. And I'm a big, big fan of a spaghetti western. I don't um, mind a spaghetti western. A western? For God's sake, Nick. <laughs> so there was, uh, in, on the short list, I did have um, Witch Hammer, which is a, <laughs> a, a Finnish... A Finnish film about um, witch trials in the 1600s. Right. They also sound like a really awful prog rock band. They do, don't they? Or a death metal yeah. band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I watched, um, I'd say five or six minutes of Witch Hammer, and I just couldn't put you through it because okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's odd, to say the least. Right, I mean, okay, it starts okay. off with lots of, um, I think they're, Goya kind of illustrations with a really weird voiceover and then when the film proper starts it's just um, women in the nude getting washed (laughs) Um, but then the subtitles I would have still made you watch it but for the fact that the (laughs) subtitles um, are massive, they're enormous they're really really big (laughs) thick white chunky subtitles and it's okay. like you could feel your eyes going left to right as you're reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. So Witch Hammer was a close one. Um, I did want to get a copy of um, El Toro, um, another um, Western uh, right. directed by Alejandro Jodorowsky, uh, which, oh, is, yeah, which is supposed to be absolutely amazing. And I really okay. wanted to see that myself. Um, but uh, I couldn't find it streamed anywhere, and right. the only DVD I could find was twenty five quid, and I thought, right, okay. yeah, I don't know if it's going to be worth that. Yeah, no, <laughs> might not. not be. Um, so those are your choices. So um, you've got Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg, yeah, uh, which is in color, if that makes a difference. <laughs> in um, color, even Dwarf Start started small by Werner Herzog. Fucking hell. Angel Unchained, uh, the biker movie, biker that's, movie. that's in colour. Uh, yeah. And They Call Me Trinity by Enzo Barboni. That's another colour one. That's Spaghetti Western. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Do you know, I, I'm, I'm just on a, on a pure instinct. I like a Western too. I'm going to go yeah. for They Call Me Trinity. I think that's a good call. Yeah, I think that's I'm going to go for call. They Call Me Trinity. Very yeah. good. Right, I shall um, I shall send you the link to that, so that'll be your your viewing. Well, on a similar theme, then I'm going to go for um, a man called Horse. A man called Horse, very good. So we'll uh, we'll we'll watch those and uh, and we'll report back. And, yes. uh, and next week we'll talk about them and we'll pick films from '71. If you have suggestions about films from 1971. Uh, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Good memories for you, bad memories for you. Chuck them in. Rich will tell you how to do that. Yeah, we're going to have a lot better time picking films from 1971. <laughs> um, you can send those over to us by email or weakpointpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can send us a message on our Instagram, which is weakpointpodcast. And on our Insta, um, put up pictures of things that we've been talking about on the week's podcast um, and some behind the scenes stuff of the recording. Um, so yeah, any messages you want, send us over to us there. And also, it'd be much appreciated if you could leave us a rating on iTunes. I know people blabber on about it all the time, but it does make a difference in terms of how many people we get to listen to the podcast. So if you can give us a rating and a review on iTunes, that's massively appreciated as well. 
Fantastic. Yes, thank you very much. So thank you very much for being with us again this week, and we'll see you again next week. Yeah, and as Davy B once said, remember, roll the ball, increase the peace. <laughs> Take a knee with Davy B. Take a knee with Davy B. Puffing at his pipe. <laughs> see you again then soon. See you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.